0: Welcome back to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Jess and I'm joined by the wonderful Tim Cameron Kitchen. For today's podcast, we are going to be talking about how to 10x your conversions like a $5 million business. This is basically just going to be a podcast about all the best conversion rate like improvers we've seen, especially over the past year, but just any that we've seen that have worked super, super well, with clients and that we're like we need to share this with everyone because it's too good to keep to ourselves tim i know you are a conversion rate wizard you've done some fantastic stuff in the past
1: i don't know well i wouldn't say i'm a conversion rate wizard i think the team at explosion ninja conversion rate wizards and i've got to look over their shoulders and um this When this topic came up, I thought, oh, this would be a really interesting opportunity to go back through all our best performing campaigns over the last, well, since Exposion and just started, and try and draw out some of the, I guess, the commonalities or the things that we've used consistently across different campaigns, because in conversions is a big old ask. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's been a lovely morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you've been able to like go on a little adventure back through Exposure Ninja's history and find a few commonalities because I think people sometimes into this trap or oh, I know there's a lot of people that put content out where they're like 10 extra conversions with this one trick and then it's like <laughs> send text to all your customers and yeah, it's just not, it's, it's a bit a bit rough around the edges and our goal today is to talk about a bunch of different things that combine together to increase your conversion rate so if you're here thinking you're gonna after this podcast that you're gonna 10 extra conversions tomorrow by this one simple trick that doctors are jealous of or whatever <laughs> those online ads say um that's not that's not what we're here to do we're here to give you actionable uh, advice that you will be able to put into practice right after this podcast but you've gotta you gotta stay the corpse you, you'll get as much out of it as you put in basically so tim what are the components that you think combine together to increase this conversion rate?
1: Yeah, I think um, of all the clients that we've seen and and 10x in conversion rate, in some cases it's possible over the course of a year. Uh, Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, sometimes it can happen shorter, but generally it takes, uh, we we found um, it takes sort of around a year and a number of sort of stars have to align. So typically, there is a traffic component to this. So either getting significantly more traffic or getting a much higher quality of traffic. There's often an offer component as well. So what is the thing that the business is actually offering? Not necessarily the conversion rate stuff, which is what you do with that offer on your website and how you present it, although there is a conversion rate component as well, almost always. Um, but actually what is the thing that you're offering and and how can you make that more, I guess, tantalizing? Because if you think about 10X conversions, it's a big goal. You can either 10X your traffic and keep your conversion rate the same. You can 10X your conversion rate and keep your traffic the same. That's only really, I've only seen it done in cases where a website is converting almost nothing. Like conversion rate does cap out. Um, or you can do a combination of the two. And I think it's that combination of the two, which as I'm looking through our our sort of our case study master list of all the, the, uh, the, the glorious campaigns in Exposure Ninja's history, it's that combination of offer, traffic and conversion rate, which come up consistently as the three levers that we pull to get these sorts of results.
0: Absolutely. If you're driving traffic to a poor offer, or driving traffic to a page that's just not set up for conversions, then, you know, you can have as much traffic as you want, but it ain't going anywhere. It's not going to help you. Um, so it's, it is finding that, that balance really. And when Tim says the stars need to align, it doesn't mean like, you know, this will only happen by accident. What he means is you have to put the stars in place and align them yourself um for this to happen so you can have a lot of influence i just don't want anybody to think that it's really just you know hope that gets you through it really is like just making sure that you put these things into the right places tim i think you've got an example of a d2c dairy client that we actually increased sales by 17 times yes through a bunch of different things
1: yeah so this was one i was trying to look for the biggest increase over the course of a year and 17x was the one that i found um which was the biggest increase over the course of a year and i think this illustrates the what we're saying about using these different levers so the 17x came from a 5x increase in traffic but the rest of that boost in in growth for this particular business was from increasing the conversion rate on their website, said direct consumer e-commerce, increasing the conversion rate from the website and actually the um the average order value as well. So you can see that, you know, you know you all know these sort of compounding things where you increase revenue by 10% and you sorry, you increase conversion rate by 10% and average order value by 10% and customer lifetime value by 10%. And you know Uh, number of purchases per year by 10 percent and before you know it you've got this this big increase i think that's what you've got to do if you're looking for the region of 10x so this example was 5x traffic um from search and then the rest of it was increasing conversion rate multiplied by um increasing uh average order value and that's what generated the 17x revenue and that seems to be fairly consistent across all the examples that i studied for this
0: definitely yeah and um i mean if you're wondering kind of about you think, yeah, well, I already do SEO or I already, you know, have done this and that. Really increasing traffic is often about trying out new channels or just like significantly improving the performance of the channels you are using because maybe you've got the right channels but you're not quite optimizing them. Like maybe, you know, your business gets really high conversions through search or should be getting high conversions through search but you're not targeting the keywords that your audience actually searching for Or maybe you're getting loads of traffic to a page that isn't actually converting very high or you're not serving those questions or the stage that that person, well, those people are at with your content, which I think is like a huge part of it. I think another big thing as well, and I talk about this all the time on the podcast, but with channels, people fall into this trap of like, this is what's popular, let's use this. And they haven't actually thought about whether that's the platform their audience is using. For example, you might think, oh, okay, all mums are on TikTok. But then you're ignoring maybe places like MumsNet, which won't have the same big numbers as TikTok and maybe isn't something you use personally. But if you head on there, there's so many people using that platform and they're all your target audience. Um obviously if your target mums so it's really important to explore those channels or even if you are using channels maybe you're not using them to the best of their ability like for instance if you use LinkedIn are you using the live stream feature if your you know leads tend to have a lot of questions or you have a lot of knowledge share like we do we're using the live stream feature on LinkedIn right now as well as YouTube and a bunch of other platforms to share our knowledge and record a podcast. So that's just a couple of the ways that we've used channels differently or a couple of suggestions. I don't know if you have any examples, Tim, to share about ways to kind of increase traffic.
1: Yeah, I mean, say that you're, I mean, in a lot of spaces, and this was another commonality that came out through the examples I was looking at, there's often something new that's going on in your world, whether if you're B2B, it might be new regulation or legislation, if you're b2c it might be that there are particular fashions or trends or or you know um sort of movements uh, that, that are going on in your world some form of disruption and often if you're well positioned you can you can really sort of stand in front of of that parade as, as warren buffett would say uh, there was one example um of a client that we've worked on which sells um lab-grown diamonds and they've got a, a physical store in new york and they sell online and we identified that there was a lot of activity around uh, Meghan Markle and people wanting to get, you know, particular types of rings and all that type of stuff. And anytime there's some wedding event, there's an opportunity in a business like that to sort of stand in front of that and publish content all about, you know, lab grown diamonds inspired by this particular ring or whatever. And and it's, it's looking for opportunities like that. And another example would be... Um, We've got a client in the accreditation space and every time a new accreditation comes out, we build a bunch of content around that accreditation knowing that this is something new in their world. People are going to be searching for it. If we can stand in front of that, if we can get some ranking and visibility for a keyword or a, a trending topic that's going to go up, we know that you know we know that that's something their that customers are looking for. Um, other examples would be uh, we've done a lot of work in PPI, um, the payment protection insurance back when that was a big thing. And that was something where we could get a website or you know ranking for a particular topic knowing that there was going to be more and more coverage in the news and that search volume was only going to increase about that and if we positioned ourselves properly and we got some visibility for those types of searches that sort of rising tide would would help our client get more leads and, and you know it, it did we did really well for some of our clients in that space so I think I'd say to people if you want to significantly increase your traffic Look for topics or look for trending things that are going to be happening over the next year that you can stand in front of, um, and then position yourself well for those. Knowing that there's going to be so much more interest, you don't need to be a genius if you're jumping in front of a trending topic. That sort of momentum is going to carry you.
0: Yeah, and there's so many different ways you can do it. Like during 2020, we put out a bunch of content about remote working because we knew, you know, our clients, our businesses, and we had knowledge that would be really helpful to them because we've always been remote completely remote and except for one stint where we had an office and it was just poor poor show all around um but according to Tim anyway but uh we had we had this knowledge that we could share we had this real credibility and even though it wasn't directly related to our offering it was actually related to the people we're offering stuff to who were probably going to need to start marketing in a different way and and start handling things in a different way with their clients and maybe needed marketing from us so that was kind of how we sort of trend Jacks I guess um but kind of you know a little bit outside of our our normal day-to-day kind of content that we put out. So there's plenty of different ways that you can you can jump in front of trends and and be carried along by them um yeah to help you get traffic I think that's a great a great point Tim um the next thing that we wanted to talk about was your offer. Kind of, and I know this seems really, really obvious. You're like, well, I sell this or I offer this service. But it's important to find a way to stand out. I think we get we get comments on this live stream all the time where people are like, I'm in a really competitive industry, but you know, I love what I do. How am I supposed to stand out when we have businesses who are offering, you know, they have loads of money to put behind PPC ads or they have, they've got years in the game. They've been able to build up their SEO and I think there are a few different ways that you can either position your offer as the best or kind of lead people towards your main offer through what we tend to call tripwire services, which kind of lower cost things that then lead people towards that bigger purchase. Like I'm just almost like looking around at my desk and I'm thinking about. I currently have a blue Yeti microphone, which actually Tim sent me. So it's not technically not technically some a purchase that I made, but I used to have a blue Snowball, which is their like 30 quid microphone, right? I was really pleased with the quality, really liked it. Naturally, the next upgrade for me was the blue Yeti, which is their like more expensive one. But I had already tried out their product, already tested it out and was already thinking, yeah, I really like this. What else do they have to offer? So I think, you know, even companies, like we did a deep dive on Simba, but I'm really interested in their mattresses, but they're a bit out of my price range right now. But I'm like, well, they sell pillows. That's kind of cool. It'd be nice to try them out. And if I love the pillows, maybe I'll get the duvet. If I love the duvet, then I might as well get the mattress in a few years. And I think there's, yeah, there's all sorts of different ways you can you can do this. And I think Tim, you probably have some examples um, from service-based industries. If many motorbikes have stopped zipping past your house at high speed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, there's a motorbike convention going on in the garden. It's really
0: <laughs> yeah, <environment>. partly. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think this idea of tripwise is really interesting. And again, it's something that's come a- across in a few of the campaigns that we've seen where where conversions of ten x is that the business either we've proposed an offer to them um, or they've said, oh, you know what, we could actually do this, and it's been quite bold, quite original, and quite new in their space. Um, the you've probably heard us use uh, this as an example, but a uh, an audiology clinic client that we've worked on uh, for a long time. Um, they offered a, a an ear cleaning service, which they found to be a really good tripwire into selling hearing aids, which is their main business. So we actually decided to lead with free hearing tests and free um, ear cleaning as their sort of main service. We didn't even lead with the hearing, t- uh, we didn't even lead with the hearing aid offer, we led with the tripwire offer. And that completely transformed the economics of their marketing, because they could get these leads in very, very cheaply. The cost per acquisition on these was very, very low um, because they're offering something free. But they knew that they were going to make way more money on the back end from selling the the, the the core product that they're offering. And we see this sort of sort of throughout our history. Whether whether you're working with uh, you know in legal claims, for example offering a free case assessment. Well, that's something that people are a little bit wary about doing because they've got to invest time in delivering that service. They've got to invest time in getting to know that client and doing some work with them. But actually, the number of those case assessments that turn into active cases mean that it totally makes sense in some spaces to offer that as your front end offer. So I think being a little bit bolder with your offering, if you're targeting a goal like a 10x increase, being bolder and being a little bit more aggressive and just testing something which on the surface may not make financial sense. But if you know your numbers on the back end, and you know that that Simba pillow purchase is going to turn into a mattress purchase in one to two years at a 20%, you know, likelihood, well, then you're basically just breaking even on the on the on the mattress purchase, even if you sell this pillow at a loss, knowing that it's a sort of loss leader to get you in the front door. So I think, yeah, just just being a bit bolder with the offer is going to be really important if you're looking for a significant increase in conversion rate.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think um, another way that you can kind of think about the offer is in terms of like positioning, let's say. So we worked with a client who sold really luxury, beautiful sportswear, like so, so nice. But their positioning and their ads that they were running were for a younger audience who were kind of expecting, they were kind of that fast fashion audience, right? They want to get something cheap and cheerful from like Primark, let's say, or you know Shein or any of those kind of IP stealing businesses, not Primark, Primark, I'm not shouting at you, Sheeran, I am shouting at you. No um, one's doing <laughs> <no answer>, it, please. <laughs> um, but you know, they were just not really targeting the right people. And when they redid their positioning to go for this luxury angle, that was just such a much better fit for them because then people landing on the website expected that cost, right? They they knew how much they would be paying. Um, and that's another, another thing, like, don't be afraid to position yourself as a luxury option like that's absolutely fine as long as you know who you're targeting and that you can explain why your products are better than than the cheap option then go for it like i think yeah positioning is is super super crucial in this as well
1: and and i think the offer makes sense in context with the positioning so just going back to your pillow and mattress example if the mattress was say $10,000 and the pillow was $100 in your mind, that pillow is worth way more than an equivalent $100 pillow, which is at the top of, you know, a a budget um, company's range right? Because you're paying for that sort of, it's the reason why the, you know, the wine list starts with the most expensive wine to sort of anchor you. And then it makes the other things seem relatively more affordable. So the offer always exists in context with the rest of your offering from your business. So that's a really good point about price point. And this isn't about being the cheapest or always only offering something free. This is about offering something on the front end that feels like incredible value to the right target audience for you knowing that you're gonna make the money on the on the repeat purchases on the back end in future.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And you see this almost blatantly with a lot of SaaS companies. They will put their most almost their most profitable or most popular offer in the middle. And then they'll put their most expensive offer for power users on the right hand side and their cheapest offer on the left hand side. And they make it very clear what you get, you know, there's like three bullet points in the cheap one. 10 in the middle one they've got a badge saying most popular best value you know i'm seeing i'm a bit addicted to mobile games at the moment and they're always putting things this is the best value this is the most popular this is the package that you should be buying you know and it's it's really smart it does make you turn your head and go oh well if that's what most people are getting or if that's what businesses like me mine are doing you know it's it's very very clever very clever and but also as long as you're honest that's another thing as well if you're saying that the free trial or whatever only has two options the free package and then it turns out it's nearly as good as the middle one then you're not going to have a lot of happy customers but if you're honest about everything as well people people don't mind just be real people love it
1: very true it's very true i'll tell you like freemium mobile gaming and freemium apps that is a so many conversion lessons in there it's just It's a beautiful world. I mean, it's a terrible world because you feel, you see people get sucked into rabbit holes. But anything that...
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Anytime there's a rabbit hole, there's someone clever on the rabbit hole designing board.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I, I play this game at the moment, totally fascinated by their conversion rate optimization because there's little notifications popping up, limited time deals. They do every trick in the book. If you want to get some lessons about conversion rates, go play some mobile games right now because trust me, it's it's extreme it's too much and that puts a lot of people off I think but there's a lot of of very smart lessons there for sure um which brings us quite nicely actually on to to the final conversion how we're actually getting people to make that final final commitment and this can really vary I've fallen into this trap this morning Tim I brought an estrid razor finally I've been talking about them for months and what actually triggered me was I got an email about a limited edition razor which was more expensive was curious about it went on the website looked at other colors saw they were cheaper and thought oh go on then um and then finally finally converted and that was just because I've been on their mailing list for a really long time I haven't had an email from them for a long time and then I've been thinking recently oh I really think I should end up buying from Astrid I think they're a good product fit for me um and then I got an email this morning was like oh right then sure um, but yeah, I just think it is quite interesting, really. But I thought that was quite a, quite a fun little example because we've talked about uh, about Estre quite a bit on this channel before. It's just a company that has really great positioning, really good subscription model, and a bunch of other stuff. And You know, I got add-ons this morning. I was like, because I've, I've done the research, I feel really connected to the brand at this point because I really like their positioning. And I was like, I will get that extra thing because I really like you guys. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's, yeah... It's amazing the different ways that you can um, you can bring people in and how the journey can differ. Like it was a £15 purchase, but it still took me an extended amount of time just to get sick of my current options to be like, right, I'm becoming a new customer. So we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll keep you updated, podcast squad.
1: Yeah, on, do it. On my,
0: <laughs> my extra journey. If I say a subscriber, if I don't and kind of talk you through, I don't know. They're just such an interesting company in terms of their positioning and marketing. They're quite a good one to kind of kind of bring up, but... We're getting distracted tim your yep. thoughts on the conversion rate and the final the final conversion well, I mean,
1: just on estra before we move on i think that's another example of we looked was it last week at loop the earplugs and it another one of those businesses where i feel like it's a new trend of their values as part of their marketing as part of their positioning this is almost rather than being product focused it's actually here is the here are the values that we have as a company, we sell generic product X to people that share those values. And I think as society becomes more polarized, and we get very um, sort of niche channels and niche beliefs in our society, I think we're going to see more and more of this even some mainstream companies are doing this right now. Um, And I think it's a really interesting direction for the for the world to go in. Uh, You'll I think we will you know, depending on what's going on with the US election, we'll start to see more U.S. to brands that are just well. you already see this already. But um, you'll see more DTC brands in the US that are just like, you know, whether they're leading with an American flag, and that's their sort of uh, their, 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 their symbol, or whether we're leading with, you know, I don't know, whatever, but we'll start to see people who are just targeting an audience based on their beliefs, rather than their needs or, the, or their problems. Um back to conversion rate, I think, You know, you've got a bunch of uh, you've got a bunch of topics here that we're going to cover about conversion rate. But um, some of the biggest uplifts that we've seen in conversion rate have been when a website owner is willing to almost completely reconfigure the purpose of their website to be about whatever conversion goal they're offering. So someone's asked in the in the comments, should my calls to action be different on my service pages to my blogs? Or just use the same cta everywhere it's a great question i think the most powerful ctas the most powerful highest converting uh, lead gen sites that i've seen have the same cta everywhere but that's because it's a very universal cta and it works on service pages as a as a lead into someone who has commercial intent as well as on a blog to someone who has informational intent and that offer that cta is adaptable enough that it works in both scenarios if your cta doesn't work in both scenarios then you should absolutely have different ones because they should be targeted to where the customer is at if they're visiting that particular page so i'll give you an example um, in the legal space so we've uh, had a family law client that basically that's divorce law for very well off people and um, the CTA that they use across their site is you know book a consultation to talk about your divorce or, or whatever you know that's not the wording but it's, it's something along those lines Now, that works on their service pages because people are looking into, you know, divorce lawyer, wherever. But it also works on their blog because if they're writing or if we're writing a blog post on their behalf, we're targeting a topic which is going to be searched for by somebody who is in the process or who's about to embark on on their divorce journey. So it makes sense to offer that CTA there. Um, In another example, we've got a client who sells uh, laser. It's very, very b2b very very b2b laser sensing equipment now the cta on their product pages is by now that is totally inappropriate cta to use on their blogs because the blog topics are talking about the problems that their customers might be having instead. So in those cases, we want to use like a download guide, or we want to use basically a a join our mailing list is the goal. But we don't want to call it that because that is very unattractive. So instead, we're going to call it something else. So I think it depends on your particular business and where your customers are at. But making sure that you've got a, a really well optimized CTA and the CTA is the goal of every page on your site is really key if you're going to hit these sorts of numbers.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We've had a question from the Tuesday club um, on the live stream about, they said they're getting like 10 plus newsletter signers per day, but having trouble getting them to convert. This advice is very much still tailored to you. Making sure that what you're sending in your emails is really valuable and also has like a relevant CTA is really, really helpful. So for instance, if you're talking about an offer you have on, then you know, buying now is a great CTA to have. But if you're sending emails about, so it's HR SaaS, you know, if you're sending messages about um, inc- increasing employee productivity, they might not quite be ready. They might need another CTA before yeah. you kind of get to, oh, here's here's the, the software. So they might need maybe more information. Maybe you should link them to a blog on your website or something like that. Um, A website I wanted to highlight that is really good and also not great at doing CTAs is Purina, which sells pet food. I wrote about them for a knowledge base a while ago Um, and they have some amazing CTAs. So they will have like, if they have a blog where you can search like, what dog do you want? You click on their blog or what's the best dog for me? You click on their blog. They have a quiz, a really detailed quiz that tells you. What kind of dog you should have? Apparently, I should have a corgi, which is great news because that's the dog I wanted anyway. Um, but that's really interesting, right? And then they also have blogs, which are like the first night with your first, your new puppy, for example. And for some reason, in that blog, they were not advertising any puppy products, just random food that they offered. But then they also had an amazing email sign up CTA for a specific mailing list that's just for new dog owners who specifically have a puppy. So that's great. But the fact that they were not, or they were bringing food, I think it was, but they hadn't even mentioned that you might need maybe different food for your puppy's first night, maybe a bit of food from their old and then transition them onto our Purina, start them right puppy food or whatever. I don't know. Um, you know, and they there was definitely missed opportunities there, but they have a lot of really good conversion rate stuff for people, all different stages of the funnel, you know, and also just people who, you know, need different products. If somebody with a senior dog who hasn't thought about senior food before might transition to using Purina instead, you know, there's articles about that. It's just very, very, yeah, very, very interesting the way they do stuff. Don't get everything right. But they do get a lot right.
1: No, they got a terrible homepage page title, but um, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But <laughs> I, th- I think this leads on to, to something else that I know you wanted to talk about, Jess, which was getting featured in the sorts of places that people are going to look for advice when they're close to converting. Um, So if, if you're selling something, maybe like HR SaaS, or maybe like some of the other questions that we've had from people where they've never your customer has not bought this thing before. If you're a new dog owner, for example, You have. If you're looking for which dog breed should I get, you're probably a new dog owner, so you probably don't have any loyalty to a particular brand. So this is the perfect time for a dog food company to get you in their world, wrap you up, give you all the advice that they possibly can, and start indoctrinating you about the quality of their product. And this is another thing that we've noticed with our clients that have seen 10x increases in conversion, is that if we get them featured in spaces where, you know, let's say I know some of the ones you've got here, like uh, should I buy an air fryer? If you can, if you're selling air fryers, obviously, Not if you're selling dog food, but if you're selling air fryers, getting featured in articles that are ranking for that term is a fantastic way of getting good quality traffic. Because these are people who are looking for third party expertise. Um, there's an example of a client of ours, actually, the, the lab grown diamond one is an example, we got them featured in a whole bunch of websites about how to choose engagement rings. Uh, like wedding focused websites about how to choose engagement rings. Because normally when you're buying an engagement ring, you typically haven't done it before. Some people have, but if you even if you've done it before, you haven't done it loads of times, probably, unless you're like, I don't know, someone like Bernie Ecclestone or you know one of these old dudes. But, um, Bernie, please don't see me. Oh, he's in enough legal trouble at the moment anyway, isn't he? But anyway, uh, getting featured in those sorts of sites is a massive source of credibility, but also the quality of that referral traffic that you'll get from those links is so high because there's third party social proof if someone's listed you as like the best source of diamond rings or whatever then you know that traffic that person they know no better than to just okay well if they've said they're the best great i'm at least going to check them out so we find that that type of referral traffic can be really valuable so just having a look at where your potential customers are getting their advice from and if there are articles that are ranking consistently on google or being shared on social media Getting your business or your products featured in those articles can be beautiful.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's thinking about the different places where your customers are spending their time that aren't necessarily on Google or that are on Google but won't necessarily result in them visiting your your website. Um, I think we've got time for one last question, which is how do how do I improve the quality of leads? I get hundreds, but most of them are time wasters and I think this actually ties a little bit back to what we were just saying about the places that you're appearing and the kind of um, topics that you're appearing for so for example we have a great blog that we wrote a number of years ago about how to use archive.org to find old websites and look at them basically I think it was something it's, it's positioned better than what I just explained it as but basically it gets a lot of traffic but it doesn't convert very high because the kind of people that are looking for that information aren't really people that are likely to become customers. So you might be looking at some blogs on your website thinking, oh, these get so many views. Why aren't they converting? And it could be that they're not quite ready to convert and maybe you need to suggest to them that they join a mailing list or maybe they need a guide that teaches them a bit more about the topic that they're looking at is isn't converting very high, but also kind of moves them close to conversion. Or you need to reevaluate your keywords in the places that you are appearing and make sure that these are the right places. Cause you might be spending thousands a month on Facebook ads that are getting you loads of traffic but aren't getting you any conversions. And it could be that Facebook isn't the right place or it could be that your ads just suck and you need to improve them to, you know, bring in the right, the right kind of people. Like we were saying, we had this client who had gorgeous expensive luxury fitness wear and their ads at the time were kind of targeting this younger audience who thought that the products were for them landed on the site saw the price and thought that is not for me and you know it's all about that positioning and how you target that audience I think and grab their attention in terms of of PPC as well so yeah there's a few a few different reasons just look into the sources of those leads and make sure they're the kind of things that you want to be like promoting essentially is that the kind of thing that's going to get you bunch of traffic but no conversions or would you rather have a little bit less traffic that's like a more niche audience that you know is going to convert really well
1: and and if you know if there are some businesses where nothing that you do will suppress the volume of low quality leads that you get so in that case it's all about right if you really don't want them in your funnel how do you filter them in whatever form or whatever, however they're coming to you? How do you filter them? So are there criteria that you can offer in the form, which help you to weed out the good ones versus the not so good ones? Um, If, you know, they lie about it, or they still come in, is there any other way that you can monetize this, you know, these leads, whether you can sell them on someone else or have a partnership with someone else who can serve them? Don't you know if you're generating hundreds of leads but you're not doing anything with them there often are ways of monetizing that and of course that helps pay for the rest of your marketing it helps you to to scale what you're doing if you're just always going to be casting a wide net but you only want like the prime lobsters or well, what can you sell the rest of the other stuff to you know what can you sell the traffic cones to that no one's going to eat or well, maybe you can sell them for recycling or you know there's that metaphor has run its course but you get the draft <laughs>
0: exactly exactly yeah i think there's opportunities everywhere and that's what you need to be looking for in 2024 sourcing out these opportunities and finding new ways to um to kind of recycle this traffic i suppose and either turn them into non-time wasters by educating them or make sure you're getting in front of the right people really and with that that's the end of our podcast Hope you've all enjoyed this week's instalment. We will be back next week, same time, same place. Tim, do you have any final thoughts before we go?
1: No, we've got so many notes that we didn't get a chance to cover. So I feel like I know, we need to do like, a follow-up fine. on this.
0: Potentially. I feel like we had so much other good stuff to talk about. I was like, we won't worry about the other notes. They can be brought in later if we need to. But we definitely have the opportunity to talk more about um, conversion rate and increasing leads, 10xing your, your leads. I cannot remember what the title of this 10xing your conversions that was it I suppose that could be leads depending on your business um if you'd like to hear more about that let us know in the comments before we go if you would like another podcast about conversion rates where we go into some more kind of specific tactics I suppose this one kind of talked about different strategies and different areas of your marketing that you should be um you should be focusing on whether that's traffic offer or conversions um but if you would like another podcast another podcast about this either let us know in the comments of the live stream or leave a note on the podcast in your review say yes love the episode about conversions would love another so yeah
1: yeah or just cool. throw a brick through our window with a note tied don't. to it that says conversion rate you idiots
0: it's so you're, cold Get the message don't, do don't it's so cold <laughs> uh, tim i'm gonna come through a brick through your window now see how you like it
1: <laughs> fine fine just
0: for fun it's just um, for fun
1: if you need some help with your conversion rate then go to explorationinjage.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review if you haven't already or traffic cone yes. So, yes um and uh yeah it'll be amazing it'll be absolutely fantastic so uh one and- of the team will record you a free video usually two three working days you'll get it a uh, 15-minute video showing you some ways to improve your website conversion rate. Um, if you qualify, if you don't qualify, we'll give you some free resources to help you do it anyway. So yeah, go to expansion.com. And, on and
0: one, one last thing before we go, Tim, I believe you've got an exciting webinar taking place next week. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Oh, This is one of the things I'm most excited about in the whole world, Jess. Good. So you know Google SGE, this is Google's AI in the search results. Nobody's figured out how to get ranking in it yet um this is possibly the biggest shift in the world of seo uh, that i've seen in my career and nobody yet has figured out how to get a ranking in it or have they Ooh. <laughs> so you keep your eyes out for an sg webinar which will be running next week with some case studies some before and afters of getting ranking in sg it's very exciting very exciting indeed so keep an eye on your email inboxes and what, wherever you follow Explosion Ninja we'll let you know about it.
0: Can't wait. And we'll see you all next week. Either see you at that webinar next week, see you at the podcast next week, see you at a new video next week. There's those of places you can find us. So until then, catch you later, everyone. Bye.